Gang, I want to tell you about legendary Austin photographer Todd V. Wolfson. Over the last 30 years, his work has appeared in such publications as Rolling Stone, People Magazine, Cream Magazine. He's shot 140 Austin Chronicle covers. He's won Best Photographer in Austin five times. He's shot such greats as Gary Clark Jr., Stevie Ray Vaughan, Jimmy Vaughn, Patty Griffin, Kelly Willis, Charlie Sexton, Spoon, Frank Zappa, John Doe, Daniel Johnston, me, and so many more. So if you're a band or an artist looking for new photos for promotion or album art, or you're an actor looking for headshots or a family looking for portraits or a model looking for new photos, or you're looking for new photos for your business or restaurant, or maybe you want intimate boudoir photos, look no further than Todd V. Wolfson. You can find him at Todd V. Wolfson Photography dot tumblr dot com or at todd v wolfson at gmail dot com that's todd v wolfson legendary austin based photographer let's get down hey gang i want to thank you for listening to this episode of how did i get here i know you have a lot of choices out there and the fact that you're listening to this episode right now is not lost on me so thank you i'm not sure what platform you're listening on but whatever platform you're on give us a follow and if you like what you hear leave us a rating it takes just a second and it means the world to me plus it really helps the show so thank you in advance and remember the last 100 episodes of how did i get here are available on all streaming services now enjoy the show I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys have all had a good week. Whatever it is you did this week, man, I've had a really good week. It's been crazy busy, man. Skyrocket. We finally got to rehearse rehearse with the horn section on Wednesday for our show this Saturday. I guess tomorrow. Uh, I wish it was a public show, man. It is so, it's so, uh, having an actual horn section come in when you play in a band that has all these songs with horns, but they're all like keyboard horns or whatever, which are cool in this, in Unless you actually hear the horn section play, then your mind is blown. You're like, oh my God, this is so awesome. Like the power of moving air as opposed to a sample coming from a keyboard. That's what I'm saying. Three dudes as opposed to a dude pushing one key on a button. It's it's a huge difference. Anyway, I'm very excited. Sorry you guys can't come to it. It's a private party. But if you do listen to the show and you're at that party, come and say hi. I don't think we're taking a break. We're playing straight through. Two hours of nothing but nonstop Studio 54 style Funk, dance, disco, horn section music. Should be super fun. Also, gang, since 2020, I, for the last four years, I have taken December off from doing uh, interviews. I do a whole bunch. I doubled down in November. This, this last November, I'm doing this on Thursday, and I'm about to do my last one of the year, and I think that's number 23 of the month. So I've done a lot of podcast this month. Anyway, I double down in November and I take December off. Not for any other reason except for it's just nice to take a little time off from doing all the research and all that stuff. I do Jones to 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 do podcast during the month. That ends up happening. 
And you'll still be hearing new shows every Tuesday and every Friday. And I still do all the intros right before the show or whatever so that you get to, you know, I stay in contact with you. I stay fresh. But the conversations from now until January will all be from November. So uh, anyway, I'm excited. I'm excited. My last person I'm talking to is Katie Marie. So you'll hear that in January. She's a multi-instrumentalist producer. She plays bass and drums. And uh, she's an engineer and she's a songwriter. She's worked with all kinds of people. She just toured this last spring with Sophie B. Hawkins playing drums. She co-produced the last Nagavali album when Nagavali was on earlier this year talking about it. Anyway, great. Uh, it's going to be, I'm very excited to meet her. I've never met her before and hopefully we can work in some kind of musical capacity. So that's me. That's my week. I'm looking forward to this weekend doing that horn show. And I'm looking forward to getting out and seeing some music. Probably be booking a lot of podcasts for January and stuff. I already have like half of January booked. So uh, if you're looking to get on the podcast, reach out. Let's do it. If you got something coming out in February or January, let me know as soon as you can. And we'll book it for January. All right? Gang, I have a great, great show for you today. I'm not joking, gang. Uh, uh, This person has been dubbed the Wizard of Austin. This is Nancy Coplin. Uh, she's a fantastic person who's been working in the Austin music scene since the mid-'80s. Uh, she is has been part of so many different things. Uh, I, 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 let me just start with this. Let me start with a series of questions that the answer is Nancy Coplin. Okay. Have you ever gotten off a plane at the airport here in Austin, gotten off the plane, walked down the the runway thing and come out and you see a sign that says, welcome to Austin, live music capital of the world and thought to yourself, who came up with that? Nancy Copland. Have you ever, have you, seriously, have you ever gone out of, uh, gotten out of your plane once again and started walking down the airport, going to go down and and exit and you see a band playing in the airport in one of the restaurants or, or band playing areas? Uh, one of the stages, sorry, band playing areas. And you, and you thought to yourself like, wow, how did they get music in the airport? The answer, Nancy Coplin. I'm not joking, man. I'm serious. I'm, have you ever been walking down the trail and you get, and you get to the, uh, you get to the Stevie Ray Vaughan statue and you're like, how did this Stevie Ray Vaughan statue get here? Nancy Coplin. Have you gone to Armadillo Festival for the last 34 years and wondered who booked Shiny Ribs this year? Nancy Coplin has been booking uh, the Armadillo Christmas Bazaar for the last 34 years. Now, Nancy Coplin and I are really good friends. She's fantastic. You can find her at nancycoplin.com. But Nancy Coplin grew up in Dallas. She started seeing a bunch of blues legends and got, got really into music. Ended up moving to New Orleans and working in the movie industry, in the distribution part of the, of, the, of the movie industry for Columbia Pictures and for Universal Pictures. Then she moved to Austin in the mid-80s, and she ran the Austin Music Commission, helped start the Austin Music Commission, uh, got the Stevie Ray Vaughan statue built, came up with the Austin Live Music Capital of the World slogan. She also uh, was part of the, of the group that initiated the Music Industry Loan Program, which started so many different music uh, businesses, including the Austin Rehearsal Complex, legendary Austin Rehearsal Complex. Anyway, fantastic. She's been booking the Armadillo uh, Christmas Bazaar for 34 years, so all the music you see there. She produced a television show on Austin Music Network called What's the Cover, for which she won an Austin Music Award for Best Television Show. She started the Women in Professional Society Women, oh, sorry, Women in Music Professional Society and, and, and been a part of so many different companies. Now she sits on the board of a great nonprofit here in Austin called Home. You can find them at homeaustin.org. Now they are celebrating and having their yearly 
fundraiser, which is called Home Cooking for the Holidays. Now that's next Wednesday, December 6th, 2023. That's right. It's a free live stream featuring music, cooking, and more. Uh, It'll take place at 7 p.m. You can see it on the KUTX YouTube channel, on the home webpage, which is homeaustin.org. I'll put links to all of this in the bottom, or you can watch it on the home Facebook page. Okay, the, sh- uh, the show will be hosted by the fabulous Turk Pipkin and the s- live stream will showcase music videos, cooking tips, holiday stories and shout outs from some of your favorite people like Bob Schneider, Ray Benson, Jackie, uh, Ray Benson, Jackie Benson, uh, Marsha Ball, Sonny Sweeney, uh, film actor, Marsha Gay Harden and more, many more. So tune into that. Go to uh, homeaustin.org to find out more about it. And Nancy and I have a really great conversation. In fact, check this out. Um, she's worked and managed artists before, but, um, I, I got in this new band. If you've been listening to the show this week, we rehearsed last week and everything. Uh, this band called happy land with Kimmy Rhodes, Sean Pander, Gabe Rhodes and, and Louis Rhodes. And she is our manager. So, so I'm now working with Nancy Copeland. She's my band's manager, but we have a fantastic conversation. Great history of Austin conversation and great history of her. Like she's a, you know, a badass, a badass. You know, you hear people that, that talk about how difficult it is to be a woman in the industry. And so, so, so much like that. Look at this, this woman who's accomplished so much and done so much and just, you know, she's tough. She's a rock star. She's my friend. Enjoy my conversation with the great Nancy Copeland, the wizard of Austin. Let's get down. I don't even know where to start with you. There's a, there's a thing in your bio that says you're the wizard of Austin. And it's true. I was talking to Wolfson on the phone. I called him this morning and I was like, I was like, hey, let's talk about Nancy. What, you know, fill me in on some stuff. And I'm looking at your website. I'm calling him every five minutes reading stuff. I'm like, did you know that? <laughs> did you know that? But wait, there's more. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, my first question is weird. Okay. But you were the producer of What's the Cover on I know. On AMN. I can barely remember that. But Was Tara Venerusso the host? Or no, Rob Mark? Mahoney was the host. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot about how. Yeah. Is he, is he still with us? I think he had some... Yeah, he's around. Okay. I saw a post on Facebook. I haven't talked to him in a while, but uh, he recently, I think, had a fall or some kind of accident and was recovering. So I think he's doing okay. Right. He was an interesting guy. Are you really our band's manager? Because Kimmy yes, called. Yes, I am. Kimmy called me the other day, and she's like, "Hey, I gotta, you gotta, gotta answer this straight up because Nancy, Nancy's getting involved." And I was like, yeah. "I am. All right, I am. All right, this is awesome." But don't don't tell anybody because everybody. What do you mean? Don't will tell anybody. Me. We're on the. We're, it's just I a know. thing. <laughs> everybody will ask me. I'm Maybe proud of having now, you as a manager because I'm, I'm old. But back when I worked at the airport, people would always say, "Would you manage my band?" And I would always say, well, what do you have to offer? But you you know, one of the things that Wolfson did did hit me to that I didn't get anywhere else was you worked with Paul Orsher? Paul Osher. Osher, I did sorry. For three years. Okay. Yeah, he was a very interesting guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and he just, just recently passed. He passed um, in couple 2018. Years ago. Okay, five no. years ago. No, it was like 2021 is it what I read. It was 2021, that's yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, it's really weird because I was thinking about him on my way over here today. Yeah. And it, something exciting that I'm going to say and probably get in trouble for is the gentleman who took over his record label and his publishing and all the 
I was the executor of his estate. Oh, really? But there were so many CDs and dats and reel-to-reels and cassettes and of things that he had recorded, that's, many of which have not been released. So I think in the not-too-distant future, there will be a new old live CD of Paul Osher being released. That's awesome. From back in the 70s when he was really blowing happening. it up. He was happening. That's that's your connection to music, right? You were born in Dallas. You or lived, grew up in Dallas, but you started seeing some legendary... I did see some legendary bands, but I was also married to a guy who was in the music business. Oh, okay. And he managed Freddie King. Oh, shit. And he managed this little band called the American Blues... And in that band was Rocky and Dusty Hill and Frank Beard, who hooked up with <laughs> that other guy. What was his name? Billy uh-huh. Gibbons. Yes. And they became ZZ Top. So, right. Um, anyway, so that was kind of, I've always been a music lover, but that was kind of my exposure to the business, if you would call it that. And you got in show business right away then after that? I got into um, doing music stuff. When I moved to Austin in 1983, and towards the but you work with like Universal and Columbia and oh, stuff, well, that pictures was, that in was their distribution, distribution in New Orleans of movies. Yeah, but that's that, that was, show business, yeah. baby. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was selling those movies and chasing the prints and all kinds of things. What did that entail? What? Well, yeah, making it's, sure it's it got in the theaters. Well, and, yes. Okay. Um, in other words, when you're in a a major city that has more than one theater then they considered it a competitive situation and the theater chains would bid on the movies and whatever was most advantageous for the film companies would win the bids and then they would have included in that bid the number of weeks that the film would run so if the film was a great success you know the longer the run if it was a dog and they had bid it for 6 weeks and nobody was coming to the movies yeah. that was a problem in the small towns where there's maybe one theater <laughs> like I remember when we were doing Smokey and the Bandit, and it was such a huge success that the theaters wouldn't give their prints to the distribution people to take it to the next theater because they were routed just like yeah. bands route and go from oh. city to city. All right, they would route the prints so that they would, you know, like be close by to the next small town that got to show the film. Yeah. I was your, uh, I was, I was the, uh, I was your, your, that's, I was who that film was made for. Smoking I was like it. nine or ten. Oh, yeah. It, it yeah, was yeah. a hit. It was perfect. Perfect it timing. Was a, it yeah. was a huge hit. I'm pretty sure now, I gave, uh, was that Columbia? Yes. Okay, so I gave yes. Columbia, or my grandpa and my mom and everyone else who took me to see that movie like <laughs> once a week for I, a month. Uh, I, uh. Worked for Columbia and Universal mm-hmm. Pictures. And when I went to Universal Pictures, the first film that we had to sell, and at that point I was the branch salesman, which was the first woman in the territory to be a, a branch salesman, and that was in Louisiana, Mississippi. But anyway, we had Guyana Cult of the Damned. The Jim, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Jim Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and nobody would buy the film. And I, I used to tell the theater owners, if you buy this film, we'll give you a free vat of Kool-Aid for your lobby, you know, but that didn't go over well. So I was not much of a success with that film. That's amazing. I don't yeah. even remember that movie. I and I was fascinated I'm with it because I remember seeing it. it on the news you can probably when I was a Google kid. Because I, I was, where was I? I was at Amanda Garcia's because she and her husband 
saved me from the snowmageddon. Her husband, Alan, came and picked me up Uh. because I had no power or anything. And I was talking to them, and I was telling them that I had remembered that my ex-husband and I had been extras in this black exploitation film called Fox Style. And we actually looked it up and found it on uh, Netflix or somewhere <laughs> and watched it, <laughs> drinking wine, uh, red wine and um, Girl Scout cookies. It was nice. a great night. Oh, that's a good way. That's a good thing to have during snow pop Oh, it's no good, kidding. Nice little Girl Scout cookie yeah. thing. Thin mints. Thin mints. Classic. Totally. Yeah. totally. Um, all right. So, so you did that stuff and then you moved to Austin. I did. With your daughter. That's correct. How old is she now? 50. Jesus. I know. It's a lot. Did you have a daughter when you were like 17? Well. Or young? Uh, no. No. Okay. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> but I'm seasoned. And <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm also immature. So I always tell people I, I may be old, but I'm immature. There's some kind of like way that, that people, since I've been in the business, that there's ladies and the way that they carry themselves in the business because when I got into it, it was say like the late 80s. Mm-hmm. When and that's it kind w- of about my time, it wasn't an easy time. And I've been around, I've worked with women my whole time. Uh, Jan was one of my first managers, Jan Merkin. And um, I, I mean, you know, I've heard things people said, and people would be like, Oh, she's your manager. You're like, Dude, come on, it's like my sister, but um. Yeah, there's a way that all sort of women from that like pre woke era carry themselves in the business, and there's no, there's just no fucking around. Like I've never thought of fucking around with you. Yeah, well, I'm very direct. Yeah, and I also have no idea when I met you. We I were just kind of there have, one day, I know. and we were friends. I know. I don't either. <laughs> but there's I, a lot of things that happen like that with me, because particularly because I did the airport music, and I did yeah. over 7,000 performances, Yeah, and I'd have a band, and I would have interacted with the band leader, but the rest of the band was there, and they all knew who I was, and I'm going, oh, and I run into people, and I know a face, but the name escapes me. Right, right. That happens to me a lot. Yeah. Um. I had before before we move on into all this stuff. I have a funny story because you you were responsible for putting local music playing over the airwaves in the airport, right? Yes. Okay. So one morning I was going to catch a flight, and it was really early, like six, and I'm in line there at like Joe's Coffee or something to get some coffee, and all of a sudden I hear I hear myself, and I'm like, and I just, there's no one to say like, hey, that's me, except that's for the, me. except for the lady behind me that's looking at her phone, and I go, hey. Hey, and she goes, what? I'm like, that's me. And she's like, what do you mean that's you? I'm like, that's me singing. And she goes, good. <laughs> it goes back to her phone. <laughs> that's, that's hilarious. Well, I have a funny story about that, too, because Marsha Ball's a friend, and yes. she used to, like, call me at when she'd fly in, and, you know, I'd go down and meet her and say hello, and how was your trip? And um, so one day she came in, and one of her songs was playing, and she called me, and she said, I'm hearing myself on the intercom. You arranged that, right? And I said, of course, which, of course, I didn't. It was a random oh, for, thing. It would play when she came in. <laughs> yeah, but I, but I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I have that power. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> it was totally random. You were using that new facial recognition uh, software, but not to look for terrorists, but to look for musicians so you could right. play their songs. <laughs> exactly. That's so not right. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, uh, all right. So when you moved to Austin, you first got in with the 
the music commission, like they started yeah, the music commission um, and when I moved here, that. I wasn't doing music stuff. I was in sales. Okay. Selling industrial chemicals, which is a whole different kind of thing. Um, but I joined this group of really high powered women. For some reason, they let me in business owners and different professionals. And it was a group called the Women's Chamber of Commerce. Okay. And I had a friend in that group who has subsequently passed away who said, we'll do a fundraiser. Well, let's do a music show. So I, we co-produced a, a show of women in music. We did it two consecutive years, Austin Women in Music. And um, we had a house band. And one year, I think we had like maybe 20 women. And wow. each person did a song. And then the next year we had more, but I can't remember how many because right. that's, like, that's way long ago after all the other stuff I've done. Was so. that like 90s or mid 90s or? Late 80s. Late 80s. Okay. Yeah. So who and, were the women oh, at that point? Oh, Leanne Atherton. That's where I met Marsha Ball. Eliza? Um, I, maybe. I can't okay. remember. I Actually, I donated all of my archives to uh, the Whitliff. So oh, you, did? you can go look it up. I okay. Don't, I don't really remember. Uh, there were a lot of women on there, like Pat Mears, who I have. I she was back her. in the yeah. day, like the Austin Outhouse and okay. all that stuff. But, you know, there were tons of really talented people. And, of course, we had a great house band. And uh, so that's kind of how I got started doing stuff. So while I was on that, um, involved in that group, Jean also said, hey, the city's starting a music commission. You should apply. And I went, well, what's a music commission? <laughs> you know? Exactly. They had to invent it, right? I know. And so basically I applied and I had no tie to music other than my love for it. But I guess because I was in with this group, they they picked me to be on it. And once we got on it, uh, nothing happened because our staff person um, hadn't set up the meeting, our city staff person. So I called him and he said, well, I'll get a hold of everybody. And I said, okay, give me the list and I'll get a hold of everybody. And we had our meeting and we had a vote for the chair and I won, but they had miscounted the votes. But the guy who actually won, won the votes said, let her have it. I uh, give it up, and they voted me in by acclaim. And we did a lot of good things on that commission. I know. No, I just, I just made me think. I bet Donald Trump, Trump wished that Joe Biden was like that. Yeah, uh, we all. <laughs> go ahead, We're man. You go, you go ahead and not. take it, man. I want, but you go ahead. <laughs> so anyway, I know, I know. So uh, who all was on the commission at that point? Okay. Like some, of, some of the people I Ed may know. Win. Okay. And he had that Remember recording that studio at Twelfth and Lamar. Oh and yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Rose Reyes, who is my one of my dear friends. I know that name as well. Yes, yeah, she she worked for the uh, Convention and Visitors Bureau, and she's with uh, Giant Noise now, and she okay. runs their whole San Antonio operation. She's brilliant. And uh, her daughter, Noelle, is married to um, Antones. Uh, Antones. The... I can't think of... Will Bridges. Oh, yeah. And so, you know, there's like all these guy. connections. Yeah. Um, Townsend Miller was on there. You know, he was the great journalist, music journalist. 
for the statesman, and he passed away like oh, after our first or second meeting. Wow! And Mike Mordecai was on. Okay, there, there you go. We All love right. Mike. I love Mike. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think who else. I can't. Really, uh, yeah, I just wanted to know if you I mean, like. Uh, just those are get some of the people, you know. And so I wasn't one of the like in the very beginning of what was going on in Austin, like in the 60s sure, and 70s. Sure. But I have ties to it because of the Armadillo Christmas Bazaar. Of course. Uh, Which you've been doing, you've been booking for 25 years. 34. 34? 34 years. I started 88 Jesus. or 89. I'll correct my own notes Wait a minute. Here. Let me, let's see. It's 23 plus how many? 12. That's Oh, my God. Yeah, a long time. And this year we've got a great lineup, and we've got um, some new people coming in that uh, are quite hey, quite good. Uh, it used to be that I <laughs> let's hear that in the middle. Of no, no. <laughs> it used to be it was like me, and I'd say this is who we're having. Now we do it by committee, which is really good because sometimes I bring up new people that. Um, you know, I haven't heard. For example, uh, Bros Fresh, which is a new band in town from Louisiana. These guys are really great. And I found um, Jack Barksdale, who I just love. I've he's, heard a lot about him. He's great. Yeah. He's great. And um, so we've got him opening the show. Uh, we've got two stages now. We have a big stage where all the full bands play, and then we have a the stage side stage that we have solo and duos. Oh, that's cool. And so this year we're nine days and we have four shows a day. So 36 shows. Whew. Yeah, it's a lot. That is a lot. Hey, Rosie, come on. Uh, just ignore them, sorry. Anyway. It's not like you don't have dogs, you know. All right, so let's go back to the Austin Music Commission because there are some very, very what was the bank that did the the music loan program? I don't remember, but it was great because it that started with founded, a P. Uh, right? per, oh, I know, not Prosperity, Prosperity Bank, right? That was the yes, one. Yes, that was. I was telling Wolfson today. I was like, I I distinctly remember that because I remember thinking about doing it to get more studio equipment, and then Addison, Mark Addison, yeah, did it, and basically that's how his studio became a a. Working studio, and also uh, most people may or may not know this, but that's how the Austin Rehearsal Complex got started. That's right. Don uh, Harvey and Wayne Nagel applied, and we worked them in, you know, in and recommended them, and uh, they got it. And oh, so that started in eighty late eighty late eighties late eighties. Yeah, that's okay. when I was active. Awesome. We also did the Stevie Ray Vaughan Memorial. Yes, and. Hold on. And this the is the, controversial. Yes, this is we got we're gonna have to spend a little time on this. Drum roll, please. Go ahead. Live music capital of the world slogan. Why is it so controversial? Why are people so mad about that? Um they don't get when gigs? we did it, when we did it, <laughs> we researched it. First of all, it was a the weird story, if you want to hear how I see it, and everybody else has their everybody own story. Everybody needs to hear this, because this is, this. have you this ever told is, anyone this? All the time, because everybody has their own story No, but I mean wrong. publicly. Yes. Okay, okay. But I want to well, make it clear. I'm saying it is, it, it, this is an exclusive. <laughs> well, it could be. Go Let's ahead, Let's just make it exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> so, there was a fabulous musician who is deceased now uh and she had the most amazing voice lillian stanfield i don't know if you knew her back in the no. 80s or not 
And she called me one day and she said, I'm coming in from Houston. I just had a gig and I'm seeing the Austin City Limits sign and we should have a sign that says Austin Music Capital of Texas. And I said, okay, well, we have a Music Commission uh, public hearing tomorrow night. Why don't you come down and bring that up? So she did. Okay. Our commission made a recommendation to the city council that they adopt Music Capital of Texas. But then they said, get get with Max, because Max was Max Knopfsiger was on the commission. And I was the chair of the commission because they miscounted the votes. And so which my, anyway. And so Max and I had a meeting and he said, Well, why don't we make it like live music our music capital of the universe? And I said, Well, we don't know how much music is on Mars. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And we had already had our staff guy do research with all the major cities to find out how many music venues were in each place. And we, we far, you know, surpassed sure. most cities. Even New York City yeah. and Los Angeles and yeah. Chicago and stuff. And yeah. Nashville. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, Nashville. Um, so we decided that we would change it to live music capital because at that time... Yeah. We didn't have the infrastructure to be a music city, business-wise. We're just getting there now. And so we decided we'd make it about the venues, the live music venues. So we suggested to Max and I, uh, decided that it should be live music capital of the world. And they took it to council, and, and they approved it. And I suggested things like, on the back of the utility bills, put live music capital of the world, go out and support live music. Nah, wouldn't have cost them anything to do it, but they didn't do it. But anyway, um, so, but that moniker stuck until the Convention and Visitors Bureau decided that they wanted to make it the city of ideas. Do you remember Idea that? Idea city, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they kind of stopped using it for a while, but then they went back to it and locked it in. Which is fortunate because Branson, Missouri, came up with the slogan. They tried to, <laughs> so they they came up with live music. What was it? What live music showcase capital or live music something capital of the world? They actually wow. stole that. Wow. And, oh, I shouldn't say that, but it did happen. And right. I remember when I worked at the airport, we had a launch of a, a flight going to Branson, and they brought that up, and I was just biting my tongue. <laughs> I remember touring in the Midwest, and once you get to certain places, there's just, put, like, you know, billboards for all the acts that play there. Yeah. And they, like, I just remember saying, that guy's still alive? Like, every every time we pass one, I, it was always something. I know. But yeah. Willie played there and yeah. worked off his IRS thing, so... That's probably the it's good thing like, I'd have to say about Branson, Missouri. Plus, right. it's real pretty terrain. I've never been there. I haven't either. But I've I imagine it it's, like a, it's like a Vegas for a very specific kind of music and artist. I, I, I think so. Yeah. Like a Donny Osmond kind of place. Yeah. Whatever. I would think so. Um, so, uh, why do people get so mad about that, though? About the live music capital? Because think- people are, like... It, I Why? think it's like it's a rival of the fittest. Not everybody can get a gig. That's what I. That's the part that I don't 
that's the part like when I worked with Austin Music Foundation, you have consultations with these musicians and you're like, everybody doesn't win, bro. Like that. I mean, I'm sorry. I deal with that all the time. There's people that are fucking better than you everywhere. There's people that are better than me everywhere. There's people that are better than almost everyone everywhere. Totally. (laughs) That's just part of the thing. You know, when I booked the airport, I had the luxury of if a band sounded pretty good, I could book them. It wasn't a matter of draw. Right. Because we had a built-in audience. Right. But if I owned a venue and I booked uh, a band like two, one time, two times, three times, and four people came in and I'm paying the staff and paying utilities yeah. and paying whatever my expenses to run that business, yeah, then I probably would not rebook them. Yeah. That's that normal. That just makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. Um I guess that's why. Yeah. You know, I was able, I only had a few occasions at the airport where I had to tell people no. And then one time this guy kept calling and calling and calling. And so I said, all right, I'll give you a gig. And so I put him in this bar where this guy named Clark was the bartender. I don't know if you knew Clark or not. Uh Everybody knew Clark anyway. And so after the gig, he called me and he says, never book that guy again. And I went, (laughs) why? And he said, because I had a lot of complaints, and I said, well, how many complaints did you have? And Everyone. he said, I had seven. Jesus, and I said, that's a lot. how many were in the bar? And he said, seven. <laughs> so I didn't book him again. I imagine it would be weird because there's probably death metal bands that are like, oh, she won't book us in the airport. But you're like, man, you can't like stop we and have a beer. We had volume restrictions because it is an yeah. airport, yeah. and if... Um, somebody missed their plane because of the band was too loud, Correct. then it was not a good thing. Right. Uh, however, during Katrina, after Katrina, I got um, the concessionaire. I would like to give a hats off to Delaware North Corporation, uh, who operates a lot of the bars and restaurants in the airport. And they paid for the bands, basically. Initially, when it started, um, the airport and Delaware North split the cost of the bands. Then after September 11th, Delaware North and I would have to find sponsors for the bands. But now okay. I think they pay for the, all the bands. That's great. And <clears throat> it's something that still goes on, and it's such a great thing. Oh, that when you I built. left, there were twenty. I was doing twenty three shows a week, Jesus. and now I think Michael has thirty or thirty one shows a week. I mean, it's a bunch of people that might not have made rent that month. You know what I mean? I always felt like, particularly since it was a daytime gig and people could do a nighttime show, I kind of felt like we were putting groceries on the table. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Yeah. And, you know. And it you was, d- it's not something you have to promote. There's like a guarantee and it's just like, it's a gig. Oh, but what I was going to say is I could book people that I thought were pretty good, but didn't have a draw where, as opposed to somebody, you know, and we've had. Correct. Like, Carolyn right. Wonderland and Ruthie Foster and Amanda Heathens. We've had some really big name, you know, local touring bands. But we also had people you've never heard of, and they did great, and they made tips. And people always made a lot of tips. Yeah. I, I convinced the airport that they should allow them to sell CDs, even though we had a record store in yeah. the airport, and also that they were permitted to get tips. And that really helped. Yeah. And, you know. So it was all good. Yeah, what an interesting, uh, that's a thing that other cities, oh, you know what, that's not true. I've seen it in like Pittsburgh. There's a guy playing piano Yeah, in the middle of the thing. Well, uh, There's I, occasional people. I actually was hired uh, after the fact by Delaware North to set up 
um, music programs in the Oklahoma City Airport and in the New Orleans Airport. Oh, that's great. And then they built a new New Orleans Airport, and they continued the tradition over there, so they do have live music still, too. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> Um, I wanted to ask you about some other things that have, oh, really quickly, the things that you're working on now, um, you, can you talk about home? I'd love to talk about home. A bit? Uh, a brief history, um, Nancy Fly, who is a former Austin resident and big time booking, booking agent, agent. Yeah. um, sent out an email, distress email saying, Lavelle White's moving back to Austin. She was living with her cousin and he passed away and she was basically doing the couch circuit she didn't have any gigs she didn't have a place so we had a a group of women who were both musicians and music industry professionals have a big powwow in the kitchen around the kitchen table at Marsha Ball's house and we came up with home uh, which is housing opportunities for musicians and entertainers and we pay rent and utilities and housing expenses we don't find people housing generally although we have recently partnered with family elder care who has been helping us with that a bit that's great it's wonderful and um we started out with lavelle we took care of her for 10 years uh rent and utilities for 10 solid years and now she's in a nursing home because she's 94 and she needs that special safety net and attention but currently we have i think right now we have 25 clients that we do monthly rent and and or utilities and during covid we gave out close to 200 uh, emergency grants of 500 dollars just for people that you know just desperately needed help yeah we want to keep our musicians safe and in their homes yeah and there's you know and this is for the older musicians you have to be 55 or older yeah and kimmy that was a long uh weekly well, Residence Kimmy there. is like just <laughs> the Energizer Bunny. Kimmy Rhodes is who we're talking about. Yeah, and she just recently got on the board, and she said it, she had done a series like that last year yeah. at the Saxon, but this year she decided she was going to have all the proceeds go to home. And I'm happy to say that 10-week uh, series raised $25,000. That's awesome. She did a great job. She's also put together a celebrity cooking series. I saw that, yeah. And uh, we just have turk pipkin coming up nice and the next one after that which is going to be probably a comedy show and cooking and singing is kevin russell of shiny oh, ribs geez, I love that guy. so you know if anybody wants to have uh, a meal and fun yeah and not to be like hey other but you know aj vallejo and i have a cooking show i didn't know that we do somebody i had somebody had sent me shelly king had sent me an aj video yeah. But I pro- we're just finishing up our home cooking for the holidays, our year four, where we have celebrity uh, chefs and singers. We have a mix of uh, people who sing, and it will be broadcast on December 6th. Mark your calendar, 7 p.m. Um, on KUTX YouTube oh, page. Awesome. And it will be on our home, which is homeaustin.org web page and it will be on our home facebook page and okay. any of our board that will be able to share it okay and awesome. this year we have videos from just a few um we had 
just got Bob Schneider's. We've got one from Marsha Ball cooking red beans and rice. What is Bob cook? He's singing, but he's oh. got his cute little girl there singing. It's the Corn Monster song, oh. and it's cute. And we've got, we just got a shout out from Marsha Gay Harden, who is an actress yeah, yeah, yeah. on TV. We've got a shout out from uh, this guy you may have heard of, Ringo Starr. Yes. And we've got a shout out from Gary Clark Jr. And we've got music from, oh, Kevin Russell is cooking, um, Shiny Ribs is cooking, uh, Turk Pipkin is our MC. he's cooking. Where is this taking place? It's online, it's a stream. Oh, okay. okay. It's a stream. But where are they doing it physically? Well, we're like just getting all the kitchen? videos together. Oh, okay, okay. And stringing oh, okay. them along. Awesome. all right. Yeah. Um, I love Kevin Russell. This is the our fourth year. Yeah. And we're hoping everybody will donate so we can take care of more musicians. Yeah. Yeah, so everyone go to homeaustin.org and check that out. And also, if Nancy's blowing your mind, because there's, there's just so much <laughs> that you're involved with, yeah, go there and like like me, when you start re- reading her bio, you're like, Jesus, you're like the Zelig of like Austin music, like or Forrest Gump or something. Like you're what? a part of everything. <laughs> Yeah, there's a whole new crowd taking stuff over, and I'm kind of glad. But one of the fun things I've been doing lately is I've been having, and you're totally invited, um, I built a deck last year on my backyard. Yes, I'll come. And so I'm having coffee on my deck. I I thought about doing a On the Deck with Nancy podcast, but then I realized it would take a lot of work. (laughs) so I've already got enough work. Yeah, yeah, they take a lot of work. So I'm just doing it for fun. Yeah. And you can go on other people's podcasts and spread the word. Yeah. Different audiences yeah, to yeah. people. Um, so, uh, and are you still, workspace music is something you're doing now still? Public space music. Public space music. Yeah, workspace. Sorry. I No, I'm not. I was, I was going to, I had all these grand Gotta ideas. Got to update your website. And I have to give Wendy Colonna a plug because she's doing personal. Um, Consultations? Well, yeah, yeah. she's a, there's a term for it and it's escaped my brain. But I was thinking about this great business where I'd take the music to businesses when they'd have celebrations. And right. That, that was workspace music. And they would, um, you know, we'd provide sound and lights and the band and we'd have a photographer. Everything turnkey. So all they'd have to do is tell their employees where to show up. But they wouldn't have to go to the restaurant and worry about people coming back to work after or whatever. Right. And right. I thought, God, this is a great idea. And then I realized through visiting with the Wendy and everybody should visit with wendy um that uh i didn't want to do all that work i've got enough work already yeah so um but well so other than home right now what are your focuses well i'm working on the armadillo christmas bazaar and there's a lot of components to home uh because i work on the event so um we've got this home cooking for the holidays and then we've got a bunch of events on the books for next year and just, I'm on the executive committee. I'm vice president. Okay. So well, now we have a great new vi- new president, Hannah Kofer. I don't know if you know Hannah. Know. She's on the trail. Uh, Conservancy? Yeah. I give to them. Yeah. And she, you know, they have live music down yeah. on the trail. Oh, yeah, too. yeah, yeah. I see my friends sometimes. Me and Rosie will be out walking. <laughs> I saw, uh, who did I see last year? And we ended up hanging out. And actually... She packed up her stuff, put it in her car, and came walking with me. Uh, Sydney Wright. Oh, okay. Was out there I, I may have booked her at the airport. That's the thing. I've booked so many people at the airport. You know, it's hard to remember. Yeah. And I know they've exceeded like 10,000 shows. Yeah. 
because I I went to the ten thousandth show. Jesus. So I know it's a good thing. Who was the ten thousandth show? I don't have a oh. clue. <laughs> I don't was remember. it on the Ray Benson stage? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and, all right. So <clears throat> with all of this background in in uh, oh, are you sorry? One of the, one of the other things, Tune Go. You, still- you know, I was working with Tungo and they laid me off during um, COVID, but that's okay. Yeah. Because yeah, I know that. 18 other jobs. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. But uh, that was kind of interesting because I was delving into the world of sync licensing. They were working with um, APM Music, which has the largest sync licensing library in North America. And what they wanted me to do was find songs because I love the what they called the Austin sound. And we had several people that submitted, and I think Wendy Colon is still working with them. Right. So, and maybe awesome. some others too. But um, we're all friends. I'm just not getting that paycheck anymore. Yeah, well, which is fine because I have plenty else going on. You do. You're even looking at your watch. Well, I dinged. No, I just I'm glad I have a busy manager. Well, I'm stoked, man. <laughs> It'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, also, like, what a great... Uh, that like, was... I like somebody that's like a foundational person, like a Kevin Womack. I can't or even believe like I'm this. doing this. <laughs> I mean, I love it, and I'm Did happy to... Did you volunteer, to... or can we make you do it? No, I volunteered. I thought so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I just love the music. It's if fun, I love right? the music, you're my best friend, you know? Yeah. We're going to get together and work on songs uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Oh, good. The four of us. Maybe I'll come. Listen. You didn't know I was a songwriter. I did not know that... You got any songs out there I can hear? Uh, probably not, because yeah. it's been so many years that I've even touched my guitar. Oh. Did you ever get up and play sh- like shows? No, but when I was in New York with a friend a couple years ago, I <laughs> had a few drinks and I did a karaoke. <laughs> I, I did Beatles songs because yeah. I saw the Beatles. You did? I did. What year? 64 65? Whatever. Whenever they were in Dallas. Okay. So... What was, how was that? Well, you could see them great, but everybody screamed during the yeah. whole show and you couldn't hear them. And the girl behind me, you know how they have those triangular pennant flags out of Yeah, bell? yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. they had them for each beetle. Uh-huh. And this girl behind me had a Paul pennant and she was so excited she kept banging <laughs> me on the head with the pennant. So did you see the Ed Sullivan show? Yes. What was that like? Well, it was that? like cool. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it. There's so many people that I've talked to about that. Where the world literally changed. It did. In that, yeah. In the span of that television. And, you know, show. my mother loved to listen to music. You know, she'd have the radio going in the kitchen, but it was mostly like Frank Sinatra and Tony Bennett and that, that genre of music. And I was really into the new stuff. Yeah. So, of course. But I, we always had music going in the house. Yeah. So, where did they play in Dallas? Do you remember? Dallas Memorial Auditorium. Is that still a place? Beats me. Beats you. <laughs> I have no clue. Um, you know how people say, don't don't Dallas my Austin? Yeah. I, there's sometimes when I'm up there, I'm like, man, they shouldn't Austin their Dallas either. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, you know, Dallas, I lived there growing up, and Dallas has probably some of the best shopping in the oh, world. Yeah. And great. I mean, amazing bands, like in the 90s yeah. and sort of oh, my yeah. ascension time. Oh, yeah. Al, I forgot to tell you this one part. When I was married, uh, my ex-husband took over the lease of the Central Forest Club in South Dallas, which was a old movie theater transformed into a live music 
Theater. Mm -hmm. And they had national touring acts go through there, all black bands, all soul music or blues or whatever. And we had like Ike and Tina Turner and Gladys Knight and the Pips and King Curtis. Freddie King played there a lot. That was a, a wow. truly uh, interesting experience. How long did you, did you were you guys involved with that? Well, I'm trying to remember because I had to work. Uh, not long because I think either before or after Angus Wynn may have taken Angus. over. Yeah, I've known Angus Love from Angus, the Shoko days. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And they used to have a club on uh, Greenville Avenue in Dallas called Soul City. Yeah. And it was great. They had great bands. In I tried there. to get him on the show. Uh, what he wouldn't do it's it? so funny like we would go up and do these skyrocket things because he would yeah. he would have us play all these events yeah. that he was doing and like i just thought he was the greatest guy He's i didn't know cool. much about his history oh my god and then i was reading something about bob dylan and like his first trip to that it was like and then angus winbrot and i was like he what? put on Wait, that what <laughs> did you you know he put on that big festival in the dallas dallas pop yeah. yeah 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 that's i ended up like then i was like you know next time i saw him i was like I mean, yeah, you got to do the podcast. I, I know like, oh, it was no, no, no. my ex-husband. You know, I, I somebody put on Facebook like, "How do how do you know me?" In one word, you yeah. know. And so I put it up there, and he commented, "Sam," which was my ex-husband. I said, "God, I wish you hadn't said that." You know, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Angus Wynn, man. Yeah, he's legendary. He is legendary. Guy. He's quite a kind of like what's the guy from Houston, the uh, Messina. Like a Louis Messina oh, kind yeah. of guy. I don't but know. But the Dallas, Louis, but, uh, the Louis Messina of Dallas. Oh, at least. Yeah. yeah at least. Yeah. Um, so uh, let me ask you some questions about Austin and sort of like what you've seen okay. over the last decades. Like what, as far as like the music scene, do you feel like, uh, yeah, what, what, are your, what are your feelings, say from like 1990 to now? Okay. What have you seen up well, in the big changes? I'd like to tell you just bad. a little something that I actually came to Austin to go to UT okay. in 1966. Okay. But I was, you know, a new student and coming here, so I didn't really partake too much in the music scene. Plus, I was only here a semester and a half, and then I left, went back to Dallas and got married. So, mm. but when I came here, in the eight, 1983, mm -hmm. everything was progressive country, you know. Um, Rusty Weir was right. like a resident at the Saxon, yeah. um, all those guys. Yeah. And, th and this is what I saw. Yeah. And as it merged, uh, what I'm seeing now is lots of bands with horns, horn sections. Yeah. And uh, the thing that... Excites me the most is to see the um, the popularity of some of the bands with the people of color that have never really had an opportunity yeah. to shine in Austin are now blowing it out of the water, and yeah. I think it's great. Yeah, the hip hop scene is hopping. Yeah, you know the uh, jazz scene is hopping. Yeah, and the R and B scene is moving right along. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, there did used to it used to be very singular. Yeah, here it was. Yeah, you know, and people are coming out, and it's good. Yeah. Um, what about bad? Like, what's the sad part of the scene that well, you miss? Well, I think the sad part of this, you know, you know as well as I do that there's a core group of people that support music. Yes. In this town, and as we age, self-included, age yes. it's aging out, yeah. and 
more people are not going to hear music. A lot of the new people that are coming into Austin would rather go out and have dinner and a movie than go support the music scene. And right. that's sad to me. They don't have any connection. Like, there's we, no connection. There's no connection to it. And it was, it's funny because it, that's, that's the same thing that I find sad is that, but that's everywhere. I yeah. mean, you know, music but, doesn't, <clears throat> you, you're friends with Walford Denius, right? I know him. You know, um, this, was it? Yeah, it was this past South by Southwest. <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, yes, it was. It was this last South by Southwest. And we were having this very talk about this thing. And I was like, you know, the thing is, and it's really sad to say as a musician, for years, music drove the culture. Like in, from the time of Elvis and the Beatles, like kids had Beatle haircuts. People started bands because they saw the Beatles. And like when, when a person, like when you used to watch Saturday Night Live, Whoever was famous enough to become the host, you knew who they were. Yes. Whoever was famous enough to be the music person, you knew who they were. But now everything splintered so far. But that- they were famous in your scene, but maybe they're famous in another scene that you're not part of. Correct. That's what I'm saying is now it's splintered so much. <clears throat> but the one thing about it is I don't think that music and and entertainment and show business drive the culture anymore. I feel like the culture drives itself now. Like, say, take for instance, if if in nineteen, if you had a camera with you when you went to go see the Beatles, you wouldn't have fucking tried to focus yourself in it with the Beatles in the background. Like, hey, I'm at the Beatles. It would have been like, Jesus, I'm seeing the Beatles. I know. You know what I'm saying? You're 100. percent And now it's more about the person and that, their experience that's letting you know of the advent of social social media and that has changed the world they i think it's a bigger change to the world than the industrial revolution i've read that in places and it is i mean my grandkids i I never see them without their phones yeah taking pictures it's changed the way that we think it is and just wait till artificial intelligence kicks in then it's really going to be weird yeah it's because weird. I'll be seeing the Johnny Gowdy show and you're not there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> the Johnny Gowdy hologram show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on it. Um, I was just, I was just, uh, I was just saying this to somebody yesterday, and it was somebody older than me that was like, "Do you ever think you'd you you would live long enough to see John Lennon replaced by a robot in a Beatles song?" Oh, I know. That's so. <laughs> So depressing, really. Well, it's, it's cool, but it, but it's it weird. It's weird. Yeah, but it's going to get weirder. Did you like that song? That's a you good know, question. I just did a brief listen, and I think I liked it, but I want to go back and listen to it again. See, it's even happening to us because if the Beatles would have put out a new song, yeah, in the time where they were around, yeah, you would have listened to it fifty thousand times. times, yeah. Because it's a new Beatles. I know. That's what I'm saying. All of us have become a little bit numb to it. And the thing that I was telling Wofford that I thought made him so sad. I was like, <laughs> you know, kids dressed like the Beatles. Like they they, yeah. they did that. Like they dressed like Kiss. They dressed like this. Nobody dresses like Billie Eilish. You know, Thank no one's God. trying. <laughs> no, I know. But you know what I mean? Like when I was in high school, every girl, there was but, probably five girls uh, that didn't dress like Madonna. There's too many of them. I mean, the Beatles... Yeah. We're number one, and yeah. everybody teared down from there. Yeah, yeah. Now there's number one in this genre, and number one in that genre. And there's a bunch of top. I mean, how can you pick? Yeah, you know. And um, I I know that festivals have really kind of taken over 
uh, yeah, the music listeners right. more so than and it, individual it's not concerts. Even, sometimes I wonder if it's even about the music or just being being there. And the it's the It's it's about an experience. Everything's experiential. Yeah, 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 Experience. Yeah. Yes. Experiential. Okay, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. No, it is. It's and it it's is. like I'm I'm in VIP. It's not like wow, I got to see Metallica yeah, or I got to see Paul McCartney at ACL. It's like oh, I have these great seats and free Tito's. And, I know. I know. And you can buy that. That's the thing. Yeah. You, you can, can buy, buy the cool VAP now. and you yeah. go backstage and you've, you, they, people think you're cool. I guess it's the age of trying to be cool. I don't know. I'm too old to be cool. I'm yeah. like lukewarm, I think, you know, but it's all good. I'm happy, happy. Yeah. Um, who all do you have? To, who are the big shiny ribs playing the armadillo? No, they're no. not this year because they have a really big gig at the, oh, right, at the Moody, Moody yeah. and they have Radius Claws, yeah. which they I feel like yeah. we're apples and oranges, but you yeah. know. Anyway, let's see. We have Ray Wiley Hubbard. He's fantastic. We have Marsha Ball, and she's doing her world-famous Pianorama, which is, is so Is that the thing fun. that I saw, the thing? Yeah, five different pianos. <laughs> it was crazy. That was insane, man. Isn't it great? It's awesome, yeah. yeah. And we have... Um, Gosh, let me think. It reminded me of that G three tour that Eric Johnson does. Like, oh. there's no, there's no thing with like a bunch of piano players. Oh no, you know what I mean. And she's done it for years, <laughs> and she does it on the Delbert cruise. She gets all the piano players from all the. Was big it the bands. same guys from the other night or whoever's? No, available. those were local guys yeah, the yeah. other night, and they're great. I mean, uh, some of them do it every time, and I think um, Henry Herbert was new. To it this time i think he, he was very cool once. the younger guy and, yeah yeah and he's going to be playing the armadillo christmas oh bizarre. fantastic and um we have uh, albert engage love bill kirchen yeah. uh del castillo trio i'm trying to visualize this on paper my first on stage experience was uh at, at uh you know brenda brenda mitchell i do okay so it was brenda and scott they were friends with my mom Okay. And we lived in the woodlands in outside of Houston okay. at the time. So did they. And they bought a place in spring called the Spring Cafe, the Wunchy Brothers Cafe and Saloon. Okay. And so the first gig I read, it's all nepotism. Uh, <laughs> and also Brenda's totally responsible for, <laughs> for my entire career. So the first time She's I got on stage in, in front of people uh, was with Christine and mm. uh, Mark Hallman's ex-wife, Kathleen Luce, at the at the Wunchy Brothers Cafe and Saloon opening for uh, for Shake Russell. And then that picture in the back is my first band gig. That's at, that's at Brenda's house at her stepdaughter Kayla's birthday wow. in 1983. Wow. <laughs> you should be proud. I'm very proud. I love those people so much. My like, first, I grew up with those kids. My first time on stage was at the airport when I was setting up the band and running the sound. <laughs> then your second time was the karaoke place. Yeah, but it was really funny. The first time I had to run sound by myself because I'd been in training. I'd never done it before. I couldn't remember how to turn on the monitors. Oh. And I had to like leave the show and go call the guy and say, what do I do? Do you remember who it was that had to wait? The artist? God, I know, but they were not happy. <laughs> and um, then another thing I did that I'll bring up is, yeah. uh, or maybe I did, bring up or we talked about was the austin music network i produced the what's the cover we show. talked about what's the cover yeah yeah and that was interesting when i started it was another thing that i'd never done and after it, it was all closed down the guy said well you should you were really terrible in the beginning but you came around you know oh, that's great so it was good it was really fun 
I loved it. That was when it was underneath the yes. city hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a great time going down yeah. there. Yeah, it was fun. Langer had that show. Oh, he did. And I got in so much trouble. Remember, were you there when um, Troy... Um, Campbell? No. No. Oh, yes. Dillinger. Dillinger got mad at the cameraman. They had a big fight, and he threw his guitar at him, and it was like this big ruckus. <laughs> and a little short me goes in the middle of the guys and goes, okay, guys, now stop all, stop all this. It was funny. I was talking to Richard Weimark the other day. He came by. He used to be on the show. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I, had, I just had them on. Oh, he, yeah. he's such a nice About guy. About the book. Yeah. yeah. Good for him. I'm happy for him. Uh, Do you read that book? I haven't yet. It I, is awesome. Like, it's awesome. <clears throat> he was there. I don't think they mention either. Well, they definitely don't mention me. Well, I almost got mentioned. I wasn't in that scene. I wasn't in that scene either, but they were my friends. Yeah. Like, I worked with a bunch of them at Whole Foods. Oh, okay. And I used to go to the shows. Like, uh, like me and Frenchie have been friends since, like, 91 when I moved here. We both worked yeah, at that I've, Whole Foods on Brody Yeah. He's a nice guy. Yeah, really nice. Yeah. It's always been... 16 Deluxe was one of my favorite bands. I'm actually going to see Carrie tonight. She's playing at uh, at Buzzmill. I'm going to take Rosie. God, I haven't been to Buzzmill in a long time. It's a good place, man. They have comedy and music stuff yeah, there I, all I the time. Yeah, I used to go quite a bit. Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, Shelly King and a bunch of people I know used to play over there. Really? Yeah. That's right across the, off of Riverside, right? Yeah, it's right, right up the down street. There. Yeah. yeah. Oh, across yeah. Across from Emos. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you, did you ever go to the back room? <laughs> yeah, I did. You did? Because Janine McMasters was one of my very oh, yeah. favorite friends, and her son Jason yes. was in Dangerous Toys. Yes, he Yes, he was. That's one of the great singers. Yeah, he's a nice guy, too. One of the nicest yeah. guys, yeah. yeah. They made a documentary about it. They did. It's starting to go to the festivals and stuff. I'm trying to find those guys and get them on the show, so mostly just so I, I can have, watch I the movie. I have Jason's phone number. Uh, it's not Jason. It's just like these two guys, I think, that oh, were that from the, the scene. Oh, yeah. The thing that blows my mind about that is, you know who was in the band that's now country? Is oh, yeah, Kevin. Kevin Fowler. Well, I knew Kevin back then. Oh, you did? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just really... can't even imagine that somehow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's like in a commercial for like ranch stuff. Like he's I, like a rancher country singer. He's a... I, I, I don't know. But, I, <laughs> you know, and Janine, when they really started getting famous and a lot of acclaim she went well i didn't think i liked heavy metal music but i i guess i do you yeah know? yeah this guy's sold like at least more than half a million records that's awesome which is a lot yeah yeah that's awesome yeah there's a lot of good music out there right now filtering around sure yeah there and a lot of good songwriters yeah yeah a lot of great there's a lot of great new songwriters too yeah that night were you there the next night after the home thing for the jeff plankenhorn Oh yeah, I was yeah, 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 yeah. Oh yeah, you were. Sorry, I love being uh, bossy. Did I walk up and be like, "Hey, it's Ghostbusters"? Didn't me and Kelly walk up and go, "I can't we're singing on Ghostbusters." We just wanted to go Ghostbusters. The funny part was Marsha. Nobody recognized Marsha Ball, including me. She had, she had on blonde braids and that Day of the Dead face, and I said, "I'm sorry," and she said, yeah. and I looked and went, "Oh shit, it's you." <laughs> she was there the night before too. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's she's been one of the founding board members of Home, and uh, so she's been real supportive of all. I of love our, her. Yeah, she's a, she's an amazing person. I had her and like Red and a few other piano greats. Like whenever they come over here to do the podcast, I'm like, just play for like ten minutes, just so it gets it gets some Marsha on it. Yeah, 
Yeah, you don't want me to do that. No, no, no. I trust. No, you can play that. You can play this one. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, this is the most important one of all. I write songs about Todd Wolfson on here. I don't know if you saw during the pandemic, I wrote a song that really got tons and tons of likes called He's Not a Real Guy, Todd Wolfson. Oh, my. And then I did it in Spanish. <laughs> we go, we go and have, we nosh. Every That's what now he said. Yeah. We, and we did that recently, too. Yeah. I know he's a big fan of yours. I'm a big fan of his. Everyone's a big fan of yours. And the Wizard of Austin is, is the best, the very best. Oh, I'm the behind moniker. the curtains. Yeah. That's the best moniker <laughs> well, I've heard. Yeah. I used to call myself when I, I used to do a lot of stage management for yeah. benefits and stuff. And one night at, at Antone's, I told Susan Antone, I said, Oh, I figured out how to turn on the house lights. And she said, I'm giving you the keys. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I, I love, I've not seen her in years. And oh, that's she's weird. around. Yeah, no. Um, I uh, I used to call myself the backstage bitch because, <laughs> you know, there were people that I wouldn't let in. And one time I was working uh, benefit at Antone's and I had a list of people that could come in and Margaret Moser wasn't on the list. I said, well, I'm oh, sorry. Shit. I'm sorry. I don't know what to do. And they said, let her in. I, All right. And then, um, oh, Corey Moore, who was Jimmy Vaughn's manager. Oh, of course, yeah. I wouldn't let him in. I said, you're not on the list. And they were, let him in. He says, I want you to work for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I've known Corey since he was in a band when I moved here in, in the, like, I lived here in the mid-80s with my mom for like a year and yeah. a half or so. And then uh, I moved back here in 91, but he was in a band called State of Mind. Remember that band? I don't. It's a really cool band. I used to do shows <laughs> at the Texas Union. That's a good question for you. Before you go, I have a question, and this is a big one. When you don't have any uh, reason to have to be at a show, who do you go see on your own? Just like, oh, so-and-so isn't playing tonight. I'm going to go. Well, that's a good question. I usually have a group of wild women and we all go out and hear music a lot and we go see a lot of touring acts like blues acts sure and i always go see cj chenier because i managed him for a year oh really yeah and um <coughs> excuse me well i'll tell you um friday night i'm going to see folk uke i love them and i'm going to see um porter davis oh, i remember those uh, guys mike's a really good friend of mine Mike Meadows, and yeah. he's bringing in um, <coughs> Jack Barksdale is going to sit in with wow. him. Wow. And I'm really excited <coughs> to see him. Even yeah. though he's playing the Bazaar, I'm going to be coming back from a trip, so I'm going to miss his show at the Bazaar. That was another question. I would I didn't know if you had to be on site for the Bazaar. Do you have to be on site? <coughs> I like to go down, and, as my friend Denise Boudreaux says, I like to go make my manners and yeah. greet everybody and tell them how happy we are to hear them. Plus, I want to see them and see how the crowd reacts and everything see if like that. be invited for, back. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, what should I be working on? We're, we're working on, on our own with Happy Land. And we're we're in a text thing. We're even texting this morning. Well, I I, I love that song, the Happy Land song. It Me was too. Kind of bluesy and yeah, yeah. soulful, and I love that direction. I don't know what the direction's going to be. I don't either. I mean, it's a definitely <laughs> like some different. Having Sean in there, I think will keep the bluesy soulful yeah, thing in there. Yeah, he's so amazing. Yeah, he's great. I love him. I do too. Yeah, he's a great guy. It's funny. I was looking at songs and I was realizing, like, I think they'll get mad at me. But there's like a cheap trick song called "Voices" that I was like, man, I, like, we could do like this as a cover, like, because we're gonna have to have more music. I, I think just play covers like six songs. are good to intermix. You know, yeah. 
And I like it when people put one or two covers on a, their new record. Sure. You know, a lot of people, you know. I thought it would be neat, like, if Kimmy sang these covers in here, to not do something that you know she would do, but, like, doing, like, a Radiohead song or a Cheap Trick song. Yeah. Like, I, that works with her voice and, you know, she believes in. That would be really neat to I me. I think that's good. Yeah. Let me know when we're having our first band meeting, and I'll be there. Uh, the day after Saturday after. And is it at Gabe's? It's at Gabe's for like three hours. Okay. It's like two to five. Cool. Yeah. Is there food? <laughs> <laughs> well, usually when Kimmy's involved and Gabe's involved, there's a food situation. Yeah. Gabe's a great cook. Is he? Yeah, yeah. Good to know. Yeah. He's in, in my hood. Yeah. Oh, he is? Yeah. You down there? Yeah. Oh, shit. He lives real close okay. to me. All right. You know where the alphabet streets are? No. They're right behind the bowling alley. On West oh, Street. I know where that is. Yeah. yeah, that's in my that's my hood. Do you ever uh, do you ever go to that Cuban place over there? I haven't yet. Have you? Is it still there? Yeah, it's yeah. not great. I mean, I'm Cuban, so nothing oh, against them, but yeah, it's not great. Yeah, well, that's. Um, no. But I'll still go there because it's all you can get here. <laughs> but I do go to La Posada all the time for breakfast tacos. That place is good. They have great breakfast yeah. tacos. Yeah, we rehearse down at Space and Skyrocket, so I'm down there oh, a lot. Oh, okay. Sometimes I go to Gabe's afterwards. And Frenchie moved the bubble down in that area, too. What is the bubble? That's Frenchie Smith Studio. Oh, and where is that? It's, uh, you know, Scott Collins? I feel like you'd know him. He's I, a nice guy. Maybe. Music guy here in town. Yeah. It's, I've seen his name recently. Yeah, he plays a lot. He does a bunch of airport stuff, too. Okay. He's a regular regular okay. at the airport is he a sound guy nope he's a musician, musician. Guy. Okay. he worked the door at saxon for a while okay anyway whatever I'll look him up. great guy yeah um yeah we got a lot of people aaron ivy lives in the hood love aaron ivy i know she's lovely mike meadows and then i had a nice visit with colin gilmore and tammy lynn last week and I love plank, those guys. plank came by for coffee before he left town so nice i've been having fun I did a show, Colin's new band, the West Texas Exiles, yeah, can't great band. Wait to hear him. We did a show the other night at the, not the other night, but like a few weeks ago at the uh, the soccer stadium for a private thing, fundraiser, oh, cool. and it was like a Skyrocket, Heartburn, and those guys did a set in between. I love all those guys. I'm waiting to hear them because I hear, I'm excited about it's hearing great. them. great, yeah. They sound great live. Also, they've been playing so many shows. That's what I was telling, uh, you're friends with Trish Murphy, right? I know Trish. You know Trish. Pretty, I haven't seen her in so long, but yes. Um, I, I, was, would, I would say yes. We both were like, oh, they've been playing a lot of shows. Like, let's stick around and watch them. And they were like on fire. Like, you could tell they've been out on the road playing yeah. shows. and like. Yeah. Well, you know, one fun thing I'm going to do next week is what I try to do every year and go see the last waltz. Oh, yeah. At uh, I think this year it's at the Far Out Lounge. So hopefully the weather will be good. But yeah. That is so much fun for me because the band is one of my favorite bands. Who is the band in that thing? Well, Jeff Botta kind of is one of them. He's the best. I know. And he grows his beard out and has his curly red hair. He looks like Levon, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And uh, Carolyn Wonderland's done it. Marsha's done it. Um, Susanna Chauffel. I mean, there's a cast of fabulous many people. It's yeah. just so fun. I love the music. Yeah. I love Susanna too so much. Oh yeah, she's the best. Um, and all I, right, what you were oh, going to say? I was just going to say. Last week I went and saw Red Volkart and Floyd Domino. He, Red was in town. We love Red. Me the too. funny thing about Red is when he would play the airport, we would have a sign up, and it would say like Susanna Chauffel, singer songwriter. Um, so-and-so whatever yeah. their genre is for red we always had a special saying 
For example, and I used to call Denise Boudreaux because she worked with him in the Lucky Tomlin band. I just booked Red. We got to come up with something. So um, one time when he was in his overall phase, remember yeah, when yeah, he yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I used to say, <laughs> Red Bocart, Austin's best dressed guitar player. And then um, one time I said, Red Bocart, Nashville reject. And then one time I said, um, Red Vocart. He was going to do this big tour in Australia. And I said, popular in Australia. <laughs> and then the, the best one. Um, who was the guy that wore the cape and did the instructional guitar? Esteban. Esteban, so yeah. one time I put Red Vocart, Esteban wannabe. <laughs> and every time he'd play the airport, instead of setting up, the first thing he would do is go to the sign and see what I had said. <laughs> Dude, I have to say, like, that guy was, like, to me, shockingly popular. Because he was on, yeah, he was on the podcast. (laughs) And, like, it, like, the numbers that. Oh, I'm sure. I was just like, wow. Like, almost everything he does, especially instructional shit. I did, he was a guy that I got a cup, because I don't talk about, like, hey, how do you do this weird thing with the riddly diddly? I did the same thing with Eric Johnson. You get, you get emails like, hey, how dare you have this guy on here and not talk about his guitar style? I know. I know. <laughs> like, because you already know about it. Are you want to hear about it again? He's hilarious, yeah. too. Oh, he's a funny guy. There's a lot of great people in our community. Yeah. We have a wonderful community. Yes. And I, I love how everybody is there to help somebody when they're in trouble. Always has been like that. Yeah. The Wolfson one, remember? Yeah, and remember when, he when fell John... off his bike. <laughs> he fell <laughs> off his bike. Um, Alejandro was convinced that he was looking for prostitutes because he goes, who rides their bike at five in the morning? <laughs> I didn't know they were up that early. <laughs> um, well, I got that from the, the Halloween, the, the, both of those nights, but mo- the Halloween night when everyone's there at a thing and then people come like uh, Harmony came, even oh, yeah. though she didn't play and like, uh, you know, all these people were there. She's in our band. Yeah, she's in our band. Well, she's a, she's going to have to be. We're going to have to go easy on her. No, We're going to have to have a backup guy. I know. There's no one else that cool, though. She's very good. Or good, yeah. I knew her back in the Bob days. Yeah, that's when I met her. Because I went out with Sandy Reinley for a long time. Maybe oh, that's how I that's got to know you. That's how I I'm met pretty you. sure that's how I met you. Yeah, that's how I met you. I remember yeah. now. She's still one of my best friends. Yeah. 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 We had two dogs together. Wow. Yeah. That's a commitment. And we, we <laughs> yeah. Do we, like, yeah. I mean, we broke up in 2020 and, like, did shared custody all the way up. Or, sorry, we broke up in 2010 and did 10 years of shared custody wow. with them. Yeah. That's pretty committed. Yeah. Really? Yeah, well, we're good friends. I mean, she, we were good friends before anything else. And like, yeah. she was really like, she's a, like one of my favorite human beings ever. Cool. Yeah. Anyway. Cool. You're one of my favorite people, Aww, Nancy. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So, I don't like anybody. Indeed. That's kidding. so not true. I know. I I really felt that sense of community. That's what I was going to say on that Halloween night uh, with all fun. those people. Yeah. And and you're just kind of like. And everybody know. was so good. They were dedicated to be there and rehearse sure. and do. And Plank, I, I adore Jeff Plank and Horn. Me he too, man. Like I love that guy. The best guy. Yeah. And so talented. And just he's such a good guy. That's true. There's a lot of those that I adore out there. Yeah. I'm very fortunate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we all are. 
yeah, to we have are. each other. Yeah, we are. Indeed. Wow. I don't want to start crying now. No, I know. Okay, I won't. Don't. <laughs> Nobody no cry. I'm not crying. You're crying. I know. Um, it's so good to have you on Thank the show you. and uh, come back again. I will. I love you. I love you too. And uh, now we work together. Yeah, we do. I don't sign I'm things bossy. with management though. I'm bossy. I don't want the paperwork. I don't. I'll I be, believe I'll that, that that's a relationship you, you either want to do. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But I believe that you you either want to be there or you don't. You don't have to. I, Nobody I, wants to manage someone that doesn't past, want to manage. As soon as I get past this event, I'll jump in there. All right. Well, um, great to have you on. Thank so you. People can find you at nancycoplin.com. Also, if you want to get involved with Home Austin, go to homeaustin.org. That's great. Yeah. The and Wizard of Austin. Mark your calendars for December 6th. KUTX YouTube page. Yes. At 7 p.m. And you'll have a lot of fun. Yeah. You will have a lot of fun. And you can send us money. Yeah. To help older Austin musicians stay in their homes. Yeah. I got to stay in this place. But I'm doing well. Wait until I get older. But yeah. Make it. <laughs> <laughs> but start giving it. That was Nancy Coplin, baby, the Wizard of Austin. You can find her at nancycoplin.com. And gang, if you want to check out the uh, Home Austin's yearly holiday fundraiser, Home Cooking for the Holidays, taking place next Wednesday, December 6th at 7 p.m. It's a free live stream. You can see it on KUTX YouTube channel, on the Home Facebook page, and on the Home web page, which is homeaustin.org. I want to thank Nancy for doing the show. I'm looking forward to her managing my band and getting some stuff done. I hear we got some gigs coming up. That's what I hear. That's what I hear on the trail. At least one. But there's, there's, you know, the feelers are out there. <laughs> hey, gang, don't forget when you're out there checking out homeaustin.org or nancycoplin.com, you can subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you find podcasts. New shows every Tuesday and every Friday. Uh, new shows every Tuesday and every Friday. Sometimes we have a uh, From the Vault episode drops late Saturday night. But you can find it wherever you stream and download your, your podcast. Get into it. Follow us. Leave us a rating. Let us know how we're doing. Have a great weekend, whatever it is you're doing. Let's get down. 